Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the world, the Sixth Sense Media Podcast, with your host, Mike Phelan. So, James, let's go over your defense. What defense? Quite the model citizen. Armed robbery, grand theft, assault, battery. Can someone tell me what the hell is going on? You are dead. So where am I now then? Limbo. It's a neutral place between heaven and hell. There is no way that this low life is getting into heaven whilst I'm stuck here. When you die, you die. You're dead. End of story. That's it. Done. I trust you about as far as I can spit. You smell that? That's the smell of victory. Closer to hell. It's more like Jersey. This is Mike Phelan. Hey, Mike. This is uh, Richard Reilly. Hi, Richard. Sorry about. That. I was I was on the phone with Lou, uh, and I tried to merge <laughs> the calls, but our software didn't seem to want to do it. It kept knocking the the call off. I apologize about that. I'm no, no, no. I'm sorry. My goodness. How's Lou doing? He's doing well. He said to say hi because uh, I figured it was you calling in. And yeah, he said <laughs> he said hi, and he praised he praised your performance and your look with horns in uh, in limbo. <laughs> well, it was, that was it was so great working with him. I, it was such a treat. It, that was that was sort of the. Uh, the main thing about about doing it, I I had seen most almost everyone in the cast uh, except for uh, 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 Lucian, who I didn't know, and uh, uh, but the only person I'd worked with was uh, Scotty Thompson. Mm-hmm. So it was such a treat to actually be able to work with with some of these people that I you know that I'd seen and enjoyed their works for for so long. It's such a surprising cast offering in this film. I, I just wasn't expecting that the more people I saw would come on screen. I'd be like, wow, that's, this is this oh. is such a diverse cast of people that you rarely get to see all together. I know it was amazing, and and you know, and and playing you know playing Phil, I got to watch everybody do their turn. It was that was that was really exciting. It was so weird seeing you as a demon because for all your career, I've always associated with you you being this nice, kindly man. And now you're this nice, kindly demon who tells very perverted <laughs> jokes. Well, you've missed some of the good ones then. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been less than kindly a few times. <laughs> it's just, it, it, whenever, I see, whenever I see you as an actor, it's just, that's kind of what I associate you with because... You have that. You have that look, you, very much like like um, my grandfather. I just it's like something about oh. you two. It's just like you're. It's so similar. 
And it's just like, I can't misplace you being a bad person <laughs> in the film <laughs> just because of that, just because of that personal connection, that, that personal familiar, familiarity that I see. But oh, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was, it was great seeing you inject the humor where it needed to be. That, that was another uh, point that that really excited me about about the uh, doing that role is that is that Mark had written all of these these wonderful shaggy dogs uh, 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 jokes and in fact he in fact too many uh, he had to cut he had to cut one completely and the other one he put in the, he put during the credits which I I was was not prepared for I, I when I finally saw the screening. Uh, uh, of it, I, suddenly there, there he was. There I was. That one, one joke that, one of the jokes that I hadn't had a chance to tell during the course of the, course of the of the story. <laughs> I, I was watching it in my office this morning, and when you tell the nun joke, I, I was yeah. laughing so hard. People came into my office and wanted to know what I was doing. I was like, "You can't, you can't watch this. Get out." <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a pretty. That was a pretty good. They're all. They all were also. Also, because I'm a demon, uh, he, he wrote them so that they all were at least at least slightly off color, which was kind of fun as well. <laughs> yeah, because if they had been if they had been tepid jokes, I don't think it would have worked as well. Oh no, I know, I, not at all. And but then then I had that wonderful scene with Lou, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. where I'm saying, you know, what is what is what is uh, L.A. like? I've always you know wanted to know what the other what the material world would be like. And he says, oh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a pile of shit and i said and i go oh that disappoints me because i have all of these images and i, I thought that was such, just such a wonderful bit of writing yeah again that mark mark put in there right at that that point where you where you uh, understand that you know that that's that's his torture that's 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 his uh punishment or, mm -hmm. or you know for being in hell it's not never being able to knowing about these places but never being able to experience them what definitely helps is that there's no there's no clear cut uh, good and evil with every character. Even though even though you're playing a demon, there there is still a level of humanity with these people. They're not just stereotypically bad people all the way through. There's something no. about them that you can that you can grab onto as the audience and feel for. Absolutely, I, I think uh, uh, Peter Jacobson comes the closest to, for being you know just a total uh, jerk. <laughs> in, in in terms of his character, but even even he, you cut you cut you understand, you know, and and, and when you when you see him in, in the in the uh, bar, you know, there, there's that that's that scene is there's sort of a an element of you know he's he's trying to he's trying to get he's trying to put this all together because he's he's working for the for his boss. How did you? get cast in this film was this was this part specifically written for you or was this part oh, of just the, the casting procedure gosh no i mean i didn't know anything about it and and i got a call from uh from shannon who was the casting director who who's put me in a lot lot of films which she's been just wonderful and um and she said i've got this strange uh uh film that i'm casting now and there's a role i think you'd be perfect for uh, would you be interested in reading? I said, I, of course. And I read it, and I said, this is great. And she said, okay, well, I'll put you in touch with Mark. And, and then she did. And I don't, you know, I don't know what his uh, uh, original image was, but between uh, 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 Shannon and my chatting with him, he decided that he decided that I was going to be right for the role. So I was very excited when when I got the opportunity to do it. 
Uh, when James uh, uh, Purefoy comes on and he dons that accent, what was your reaction to that? I almost fell out of my chair because we, we didn't know anything. You know, that, that, was the, that was the other thing. As each of these characters came in, we had no idea what, you know, what, their, what their performances were going to be like. And so, you know, all of my, uh, all of the, the things i would seen him in, he's got this sort of laser, you know, uh, 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 focus on, on, mm-hmm. on everything he does. And, and, you know, so I kind of expected that. And in fact, you know, when we heard him walking down the hallway, we went, oh, boy, this is good. Something's going to happen here. And all of a sudden, you know, he was sort of, well, I don't know what I want to do about this. And you go, oh, my God, this is incredible. <laughs> and at the same time, you know, he's, he's, he's Lucifer. So you, it doesn't matter that he's, that he's kind of doing this laid back thing. You know, whatever he's, he's going he's gonna to do, he's got full power in, the, in this courtroom. And, you know, and, and in hell, that you know, in, in his realm, and so and so you you you're constantly on edge, wondering what you know what what's going to be next, and 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 even and even some of the stuff when he threw you know he throws stuff back. Say, well, how are you doing there, Phil? I haven't seen you for a while. <laughs> wow, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've I've sat across from James before in an interview session, and just I'm a big guy. I've been I've been cast as as heavies before. And uh, just and just having him stare at you and answer your questions so directly, I was like, I'm I'm really scared of this man. This man is operating on a totally different level than I am. <laughs> well, absolutely, and even you know, even when he was doing that 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 voice and that and that, that dialect, he would look at you and you and there there was some disconnect, you know, between between the sort of easygoing sound that was coming out of his mouth and and what he and what he he was in intimating from from his, his look at you uh something i noticed when i when i finished the film and i was i was analyzing it in my mind i noticed they brought you your character on as a stenographer but i don't remember you ever reading anything back <laughs> i i never there there i think there was one point where where i was supposed to read something and and i and i can't remember they 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 uh Either it got cut, or 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 something else happens that that I, I don't I don't read it back. But uh, no, I the, and that's I think that sort of fits into the the idea that uh, the A story is uh, it has nothing to do with what's go, what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about this this trial. This trial is just to put uh, Balthazar in you know in this in this position so that he has to make he has to make a choice and Lucifer can. Either get rid of him or, or you know, torture him for another millennium, <laughs> and uh, uh, and it's you know and 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 I and I think uh, Phil says that at one point too. He says I'm just having such a good time. You're such wonderful people. So I, I don't think it, I don't think it matters that you, if you watch even some of the, some of the stuff. There's a point where I'm drinking and just kind of hitting somebody with one finger. And so I, I'm not sure how much is actually is actually intended to be you know. To, to be a record of what's going on at that point. <laughs> I noticed that too. You just tap the same key like five or six times. Right. <laughs> well, and drinking wormwood, which there's yeah. there's so much about how this is done, how it stays grounded and doesn't yeah. employ too much of the fantasy elements that make it so believable and so unique. Uh, nothing went over the top which I think was the best part. Because if you would come in in heavy makeup 
and James had come in in heavy makeup, I think it would have lost that touch it needed to make it palatable. Right, and and, and they, they even comment on that on that. Uh, you know, oh, you're a demon. I thought demons were you know had were red and had tails and all mm-hmm. that. You know, and you know, no, we're just we're we're part of. Uh, of whatever this universe is, <laughs> however, you, however you perceive us is how is how how your your is your perception and and what we really are may not actually be the same be like that at all. <laughs> yeah, that's something that Terry Pratchett used to use in his books all the time is the the perception of death and demons and everything for mortals is just what they think they would look like. It, in reality, they're just god awful <laughs> but no, exactly, humans exactly, humans yeah. can't accept that <laughs> definitely or or could or couldn't view it and and, yeah. and continue to, to exist yeah uh what was your favorite uh scene either that you were observing or you were a part of what was your favorite part of this whole process of filming this um well i mean all of it mainly like i said it was that my favorite part was as each person came in and kind of and seeing what you know what their testimony was going to be and how they were going to present it and 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 uh and and what their connection was to uh to Jimmy and 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 how the and how the uh the two lawyers were going to deal with it and 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 that was just it was just so exciting and then and then to have people like uh uh, uh Peter come in and 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 just you know just be just a you know what's going on here? How come it's not done yet? I've got you know I've got this, I'm, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not talking to you. You know you're just you're just this. And then and then at the, finally to see to see uh, um, uh, Scotty kind of kind of uh, you know stand up to him. I thought that was that was a wonderful moment as well. Mm-hmm. And then you know and then like like you said when 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 Purefoy came in, and here's the guy that runs the runs the whole show. And he's just as comfortable as can be, and he because he knows he has all the power. And when it's over, it, fine, it's over. I, I don't, I don't feel bad. I don't feel like I lost. I don't feel like I won. It's just let's move on to the next thing. And it, it just, it was really, there, there was, it was just so much fun to be, to be that observer, to be, to be that uh, fly on the wall or mouse in the corner, you know, there, while this is all going on. Uh, was that was that a real stenographer's uh, typewriter thing? Unfortunately, unfortunately, it was. <laughs> and I say <laughs> no, I say unfortunate because because they uh, they couldn't they didn't have any more tape, and so mm-hmm. and so and so they had to be you know they, I knew for two I had two weeks I had to, you know, that way I had to keep doing this and they they couldn't roll it back it was it was very strange it was it was a, it was sort of an antique that the prop person one of the many many wonderful bizarre things that that he came up with and and but uh, but we couldn't you know we like i said we couldn't but we couldn't run, roll it back so i had to be had to be careful about you know sometimes i pretending to be hit the hitting the mm-hmm. keys and and you know and all that so so but yeah it was a real <laughs> thing from from the 50s maybe i don't know exactly when it was from uh aside from um uh, limbo. What else uh, do you have that's going to be coming out? Because I know we're we're stuck in a lull right now, and it seems like indie film is going to be the thing that gets us through whatever's left for the rest of this year. No, I, I hope so. Um, it's hard to say. Is is the, is the problem? There's a couple. Of, there's a couple of films that are supposedly finished and are trying to find um, 
distributors in that. Uh, um, uh, there's one called uh, Moon Mansion, which is uh, which actually I did before I think before Limbo we we started shooting it and and it's um it's a story about uh it's totally different 180 you know mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a it's a story about a guy who's who's uh about he was slipping into dementia and before he before he gets to the point where he doesn't recognize people and 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 uh events he wants to have a sort of a, a funeral party and with all of his, with all of the people that have been important to his life, that are still around, have this party. And at the end of the party, uh, he wants he wants to commit suicide, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and so that he you know he doesn't have to go into go into uh, that that hell of of, of dementia. Mm-hmm. And um, and his brother is uh, is a preacher, and it's like so totally against it. So he comes. And um, and is 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 constantly he he comes to his house to try and stop the party and then and then to try and uh, convince his brother not to do this and finally the brother invites him to the party and he says I can't I can't be part of this and, and leaves and then the then the brother has has his party and and does in fact uh, uh, do committed assisted suicide with with all sorts of you know. Uh, people around him and that it, it's it's really it's a it's a lovely film. We filmed it on a in a house that um, uh, that it, the it was written for this house. So so the all of all of the descriptions of of where things happen are describing you know this house that 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 the, that the filmmakers lived in. Hmm. And and that was re- that was really kind of interesting. But it was it was a wonderful it was a wonderful group of people. A couple of them I'd worked with before, and um, and it was really it was really kind of a a special film to be, to be part of. But it's taken you know be, as many independents do, it's taken so long to uh, to finish it, and uh, and it looks like it looks like it's getting to the point now where where they're they're putting it out to distributors. I I, I did one uh, much more recently. Uh, Called Marfa, which uh, I don't know if you know about Marfa, but it's a little town in uh, in uh, southwest Texas, and uh, it million miles from anywhere, and it's become an art installation. There's a uh, there's a, 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 a Pravda store there, but it's just an art installation. But it has actual actual Pravda uh, uh, merchandise uh, there, and people come and and. Uh, People come and visit it and see it, but it's um, it's also famous for the, what they call the Marfa lights. At night, these strange lights uh, can be seen on the horizon, and sometimes almost seem to be coming go right through the town. Hmm. Uh, it, that that much all all that much is true. And then uh, this guy wrote a uh, a, a fiction in, in a sense. Uh, you know, I mean, he wrote it. He wrote the story based on Marfa, and it's uh, uh, and these four kids. Are on their way to a uh, to a party, and uh, and they they stop and they stop at a, a little uh, at western town, a little Texas town near Marfa, and they hear about it. And they decide, oh, they want to go there, and they they get there and they meet uh, some strange people. Uh, 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 Tony Todd, who's the mayor of of, of Marfa, and 
uh, Stelio Savante, uh, who's uh, who's this kind of guide uh, in Mar in Marfa, takes them through it, and 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 it turns out uh, Marfa is also famous because it's where they shot Giant, and in mm -hmm. fact they in fact they shot uh, a couple scenes in the hotel room where James Dean stayed while he was shooting the Giant, um, and, but uh, so they. Uh, uh, the kids get there and, and things, you know, they see the lights and everything seems a little strange. Uh, and then they realize that they're, that they've been killed in a car crash. Oh, and, man. And Marfa is sort of uh, their limbo, I guess. Uh, they're, yeah, they're purgatory. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. And that, um, that, looks, that looks real good. And I know, I know the director's here in L.A. right now doing, you know, uh, finishing touches on it and hoping to get it uh uh, in, into some sort of distribution again by the end of the year. So those are the only two I know for sure that are, are close. <laughs> Out of all your career, which kind of productions have you felt were more rewarding to you? Were they the, the, the big Hollywood productions or were they the independent films? Well, it was both. It was, it was very interesting because when I, I came out here in 89 and, uh, and for the first uh, year or so, I was, I was doing what, was, what would be considered big Hollywood productions. I mean, I, I did The Fugitive, Fried Green Tomatoes, uh, Free Willy, uh, uh, A Mice and Man, uh, and they were, and that was all wonder, wonderful and exciting, and I loved it. And um, and then I did a couple of uh, a TV series in between, and then I did uh, uh, Office Space. So that was that was and that was, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that's something that has lived forever. <laughs> it, 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 you know, 20 years later, people are still recognizing me from Office Space, which is mm -hmm. still, and, uh, because it's still being seen. I mean, people still watch it. And, um, and then I was, uh, I was doing an, uh, another series, uh, 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 Grounded for Life. And uh, during the hiatus, I was in New York doing a, doing a play, and, um, and they decided uh, that uh, for, they wouldn't need my character as a regular anymore. And, you know, that was fine. You know, they said, well, we may bring you back, you know, uh, for, you know, recurring stuff, but you aren't going to be regular. And I said, okay. And so then I, I talked to my agent. I said, look, I've, when I go to the theater, uh, to the movies, I always like to, to see the independent films. I'm gravitated to them because there's something that ha there's a certain passion behind them. There's, they've been somebody's... Uh, is that something that that somebody has worked on to get to get made and uh you know is there any chance that that you can you know look into into doing because i had never been i had never had a uh audition for any any of these independent films mm -hmm. and um and they were very good about it they, they over the summer they 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 got me uh auditions for um uh mysterious skin uh palindromes and ned park and uh, and for some reason, I ended up uh, getting cast in all three, and and that was very <laughs> exciting. And they're and they're totally different. And the experience the experience of doing all three of them was was uh, completely different. And that was exciting. And it was roles that I wouldn't necessarily have been cast in in a in a in a bigger budget picture. Mm -hmm. And and so that so I said. I said, let's continue to pursue that. Well, I was lucky because all of those, because of, of doing those films, and they they all got some sort of release. Um, I got I got some sort of indie cred. So since then, I've been doing almost exclusively 
uh, independent films, and it's been it's been a wonderful it's been a really wonderful experience, and and everyone is is so, so different and so and so exciting in that in that way, and uh, um, you know it, it, it and that's that's sort of been my life since uh, uh, what that have been almost since like two thousand and five. Are there any roles that you've taken on that once you're done filming that you that that you have a little bit of a hard time shaking the character just getting out of the the headspace that that character puts you in? Um, only Santa Claus. I think I've done really. I think I've done twelve or fourteen Santa Clauses, <laughs> and and they're great, and and they they're all different. I mean, you know, I, I did I did uh, sort of a straight Santa Claus in in, in Search for Santa Claus, and then I did. Uh, uh, Harold and Kumar's uh, uh, 3D <laughs> thing, in which I did, a, you know, a, a, a Santa Claus that shot out of out of, out of his uh, sleigh, and uh, and eventually becomes a, 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 a marijuana smoking crazy man, and then I and then I did uh, I did Santa Claus on a couple of TV shows. I did um, I did uh, uh, Two and a Half Men. I did I did a Santa Claus that that comes on to. Uh, 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 Taylor and and uh, and uh, has a heart attack because you know, because of it. Well, you know, and it, it it it's been, you know, I can I can slip into Santa Claus in a second, <laughs> partly because of that. Uh, I don't I don't think there's any. I mean, the closest uh, may have been I I did this strange little film called um, it was called Number of Things. We when we were shooting it, we called we called it. Um, uh, Dismal Swamp, and we shot it in the Dismal Swamp down in down in Virginia, and um, I think it's it's called Desperate Escape now, maybe or something like that. But anyway, it was about a preacher who uh, who goes crazy, kills his family, and um, and runs into the swamp and hides out of the swamp, and the, and so the police are never able to to uh, to find him. And some years later, um, these two businessmen. Uh, decide to go for a camping trip in the swamp, and um, and they kind of come upon his his encampment. And so he first he tries to scare them away, and when that doesn't work, uh, he kills one and captures the other, and keeps him and keeps him uh, uh, as captive, in, in, while he's waiting for God to tell him what what to do with him. And and the guy manages to escape, so he has to track him down and get him get him back again and uh and the final thing that that he does is he he uh, uh zips him up in his sleeping bag and throws him into the swamp so you don't know what first of all you don't know what's going to happen what ends up happening to that second businessman and and the the show starts with um uh, the, the the story starts with this uh uh deaf mute guy uh coming into the into the uh uh swamp uh, area into the park area, and so he shows this card to the to the ranger, and the ranger says, "Oh, hey, you know," and gives him a map and and tries to explain to him how to do it. And the guy's, you know, gives and gives him says thank you, said essentially, and walks out. And the last shot you see after after the guy's been thrown into the swamp is 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 this definite guy from from behind uh, uh, leaving leaving the park. And um, and waving at the, at the ranger as he goes by, and then the camera comes around the other side, and it's and it's the preacher. 
in in the, in that in that guy's clothes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I haven't I haven't heard of that, which is odd because I'm I was a genre, I was a horror genre guy for a while, so I, I'm surprised I haven't heard about that. Maybe I'm just not thinking of the right name for it. Hmm. If it's gone under so many different names. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it it kept it kept changing. I it had a it had a very uh, a very brief uh uh theatrical release, I mean a week or so. And then and then it was on uh D V D for a while and again I don't I don't even remember under which name. But uh it was it was that was it was an interesting experience. I I I've been doing this film, um uh the um Ransom of Red Chief at uh uh on the on the uh Universal lot, and the guy who was the head gaffer, uh, I used to end up having lunch with him a bunch of times, and um, and uh, and his name was Brown. I can't remember his, can't remember his first name. It's terrible. And uh, and he moved back to uh, uh, Virginia, where he was from, and he was doing a lot of a lot of shooting there. He did um, uh, Last of the Mohicans, and he did uh, uh, oh, uh, um, oh, I can't remember the. the a Terry Malick film that was shot was shot there, and any anyway, so I get this um, I get this call from him, and he said he said I've written this script, and you know it's we don't have much money, but you know I'd love it if if you you know if you would read it and and uh, if you'd be interested, you know let me know, and it was great. It was really it's a really wonderfully written script, and and he he got his all all his crew from. That he had, he had it on these bigger films, and and we went into the swamp and shot it. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, speaking of the the lasting power of office space, uh, do you consider it a it a good thing or a bad thing? Just how how it's ingrained in pop culture. I I think it's a good thing. I I was surprised. We it was a it was a terrific experience. I mean, right right from the casting, the casting was hilarious. Uh, I, uh, I think I went in three or four times. Uh, the first time I went in, I was uh, I read for the, both the psychiatrist and Tom Smogowski, and then and then the, after that, I was just reading for Tom. And 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 Mike is just is, is a delight to go in and, uh, and 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 meet and audition with him. And um, and and so finally, he when he put the cast together, a big part of that was uh, was that was that he wanted people that. Would like to hang out together for a month, you know, as as much as anything else, and uh, and so he he we went down to Austin, and we had 29 days of shooting down in Austin, and um, and he was great. He was he couldn't have been a better host, and the shooting experience was wonderful. I mean, it was a, it was such a terrific group of people, and and you know and shooting with Mike and Mike kept everything you know moving and and. And fun and it, it, everything was was great about it. So um, uh, I was in New York doing actually doing a play when it got released. So um, so I just went to see it on my day off in the afternoon, and I thought it turned out terrific. And so I I went to uh, I went to my uh, cast and I said, look, uh, next next week on our day off, we got to go, we got to go see this movie because it really turned out well. And I'm very proud of it. And it was gone, you know, it had, it had disappeared. And, um, and, uh, so I was doing, I came, I was back, came back to LA and I was doing a Fox show and I ran into Mike at the, um, uh, at the upfronts, uh, for Fox, for Fox shows. And, um, and he, and I said, I said, you know, the strangest thing has happened in the last couple of weeks. 
um, people have been stopping me on the street and quoting, quoting to to me from Office Space. And he says, "Oh yeah, it just came out on D, on uh, DVD and you know, blah blah blah." And I and uh, and it's on cable. I said, "Oh, well, that's that's great." He said, "Yeah, well, you know, you know, I, I I'm glad it's finally getting seen." Well, it, you know, it it became this sort of phenomenon. So about uh, I don't know five six years later, um, Entertainment Weekly does does this uh, issue about about. Uh, uh, movies that have that have become sort of cult favorites, and so I'm kind of paging through it, and it, it says 50 cult favorites. So I, I'm you know uh, top 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and Office Space is not mentioned at all. And I and I said this is ridiculous. And I turned the page, and they said, but in a class of its own, Office Space, <laughs> and you know, and it it's, it's sort of become that. I, I mean. I, I was I was doing uh, the Laramie project uh, in, in shooting in Laramie and uh, and uh, it's a dry town and so and so uh, the only place that that, that sold liquor at uh, uh, on Sunday was 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 the uh, the bar in the Best Western where we were staying so I was I had the bar with a bunch of a bunch of the cast from the Laramie project and there you know it was Christina Ricci I mean there are a lot of well known people uh, uh, and and uh, and there were like four or five young women who had, who were at the bar that kept looking over at the table where you were. And fi- finally they got, but I said, Oh, they're good. You know, they want to talk to Terry Kenny or, you know, or Josh Jackson, you know? And, uh, and they came up to me and said, were you in office space? And I went, uh, yeah. And they said, Oh my gosh, we just, we told our, our boyfriend, we thought that was you. Will you be here tomorrow night? They all want to come and meet you. And I'm going, you know, do you look at all, look at these people that are at this table. <laughs> are you sure you, I'm the one that you want to see? But it's it's been it's been like that, and I've heard stories of, of people working in offices now that when they when they quote something from uh, uh, from Office Space and and the the newbie or the you know the intern or whoever doesn't understand it, they make them go and watch it. They have they have screenings of it, and we just they just had the 20th anniversary of it, and, and it and it's, it still is, you know, it's it's wonderful to be to be recognized for something that you're proud of. Uh, it doesn't seem to get in the way. Nobody, you know, nobody's saying, "Oh, well, you're just the guy from Office Space," or, you know, <laughs> or on the other hand, they don't say, "Oh, you were in Office Space. How about doing this role?" <laughs> you know, so it's 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 it's, it's nice, but it it hasn't really changed anything anymore. I, I like how it stayed relevant because my nine to five is in an office, and ah. I, I walked into. Um, one of my employees cubes and he did have a TPS report posted <laughs> on his wall and I asked him why and he said because you make us do these these pointless spreadsheets <laughs> you may think they're pointless but the people that sign my paycheck want me to have you do them <laughs> exactly well I, I, yeah, I, the, the, the bureaucracy of an office is is terrible oh you know and of course you know Mike Mike was writing from personal experience that's why every everything is so is so precise nice and so right I, I i will tell you one story i was um uh i was with a friend at 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 uh, he belonged to a cigar club in beverly hills this is several quite a few years ago actually and um uh and so we were you know we were having a cigar and drink had a drink and we we're getting ready to leave and the mater d came over and said oh you're going to want to wait uh, sammy hager is coming in and he always has all these beautiful women with him so, you, 
So we ordered ordered another drink. We waited, and sure enough, he came in with with all these really good looking, you know, young young girls. And and uh, and so uh, we're getting ready to leave, and he said, "Oh, I want to sh- I want to show you my humidor. It's right below Arnold Schwarzenegger's." And so he he took me to the humidor, and he shows me what he showed me what he had, and, and sure enough, the one above it said Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we're getting ready to leave, and three of the girls are coming are, are walking, are looking for the restroom. And and they stop and say, "Oh my gosh, were you in office space?" And I said, "I said yes." I said, "Oh, can we have your autograph?" I said, "Well, yeah, of course." And they said, "Oh, and would you put down your line about the stapler?" And I said, <laughs> "I said, you know, I really was in office space, but that wasn't me. That was that was uh, yeah, <laughs> that was Stephen Root, and uh, and you know, I didn't have anything to do with the stapler." And they and they said, "Oh, okay." Uh, and I said, you know, I'll, I'll still give you my autograph if you want it. They said, oh, yes. And will you put down your line about the stapler? <laughs> I said, you tell me the line, I'll put it down. <laughs> when, I, when I posted uh, on my personal Facebook that I was probably going to be interviewing you, it, it was a lot of requests to ask you questions about office space. So I was like, no, that's not what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> it's usually – it's like the friends I keep are – family friends people that aren't in the industry so it's a lot of people that just don't know any better <laughs> so I, I couldn't blame them but it was it was funny that i was i was predicting that was what was going to happen and that's exactly what happened <laughs> everyone was like asking this about our space and this i was like no 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 don't do this to me no. <laughs> but i i appreciate you taking your time to call me today i was i was really looking forward to it and when they told me it was kind of iffy if I'd be able to get you on, I was just kind of like, "Oh, I really, really hope it happens." And then when I saw when I saw you calling in, I was like, "Yes, you have made 2020 f- worth it." <laughs> oh, please! Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. This, this has been great fun. And now, yeah, now you, uh, you you must be somewhere in the in in the neighborhood here, east east side of L.A. No, I I used to be a long uh, time ago. I kept a I kept a Burbank number, and, but I moved back to my hometown in Florida when I couldn't make it in Hollywood. Oh, listen, that, that it has nothing to do with being able to make it in Hollywood. It's, it's just it's 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 all it's all total totally luck. You know, being in the right place at the right time. But, you know, it has nothing it has nothing to do with with, with talent. Now, Florida, you know, uh, a lot of people I know have. There was a, a point where people were moving to Florida, to, you know, to work. Uh, yeah, that was until uh, our governor cut the tax loophole for Hollywood productions. That's right, as I remember that. <laughs> yeah, because I was because uh, um, I was down in Orlando a few years ago. I did a um, uh, a movie down there called uh, Bait Shop with mm-hmm. uh, with yeah, and and that was a great experience. And and you know it was wonderful working. We had great, terrific crews and 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 just you know staying down there was was great fun. And I thought. In fact, I think they even had a a, 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 a rocket that took off while we were there. Yeah, it's it's very common. I'm I'm on the uh, the Tampa side of the state, and you can see the rockets from here. Ah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the, it, what's funny is it was it wasn't until after I moved back to Florida when I actually got a role on TV with my wife in a reality show. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, great. So that, we we both had tried so hard to make it, and it wasn't until we gave up, got married, settled down that, you know, all of a sudden we have a production crew in our house <laughs> for, <laughs> for two weeks. 
And then we were like, we don't want to ever do this again. <laughs> no, I understand that completely. I had I had so, a location person come in and and look at my apartment. I, you know, I didn't even want I didn't want to you know let her come into the apartment, but evidently it was because it's right on the street. Yeah, you know, they they thought they could you know shoot whatever they were. Shoot. I can't even remember. I think it was for bones, as a matter of fact. And hmm. uh, uh, but uh, you know. I, I made sure they wouldn't like it. <laughs> oh yeah, I, that that it's it's such a weird feeling of an invasion. Yeah, and especially when you when they have to shoot and you you're not needed, you're like you can't hang around, so you just gotta trust that everyone's not gonna touch your stuff. <laughs> oh god, really? And I came back and I came back and the uh, I think it was the director was sitting on my couch with his feet on my um, on my coffee table playing my Xbox. Oh gee, <laughs> and I was like. Dude, <laughs> oh my gosh! But I mean, I, I'm grateful for it. I, I, it was it was beneficial to us. We got a brand new front yard out of it. We got on A and E for a day. Oh, good! And it was it was fun. It was it it didn't open any doors, but it was at least at least we we got that little piece of what we had sought for so long. Yeah. So well. yeah, that's that's my story and. I, I really appreciate getting to talk to you today. It's it's been great, and I hope I hope when I see another one of your projects, I have a I, I have the chance to talk to you again about it. Absolutely, I love it, Mike. Thank you. All right, thank you. You have yourself a good night and uh, stay well. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Six Sense Media podcast. You can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Be sure to check out our movie, TV, and video game coverage at SixthSense.com and FanBolt.com.